friends and welcome to episode 24 of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast. My name, as ever, is Ollie Connors and I'm here with my psychic best friend and co-host, Chris Morant. How are we tonight, Chris? I'm thoroughly pleasant. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So, as you'll have seen from the name of the episode, we are here tonight to rank the albums of one Miss Stefani Germanotta, Lady Gaga. This is a cool one. Where this is the most pop we've ever, we've ever been, mm. besides maybe the latter day output at Paramore. Yeah, that's pretty close. Um, but yeah, decided as we've done Death Heaven and Metallica in a row. Yeah, and Mastodon revisited. Um, we'd go for something a bit wild. Yeah, I mean, and I think. I think I remember like Gaga has been one that we've talked about for quite a long time as well. Yeah. That'd be fun to do at some point from yeah. from quite near the beginning of us doing this. For sure, cause... like we've always said, we want to we want to diversify things. Obviously, uh, Chris and I mostly come at things from a rock and metal perspective, but we both have respect for other uh, a lot of respect for other genres of music. You know, we've delved into hip hop with um, Kanye West and Tyler the Creator, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we want to take in things from across the musical spectrum, not just. Rock and metal bands, yeah. and I think so. Like the because last, that that gets boring. Yeah, and so something I've kind of realised in my own musical tastes in the last couple of years, really, as I've started to get a bit more actively into current music and look, searching things out that are coming out at the time, hmm. uh, is a much greater or or re kind of discovered respect for good pop. Yeah, for sure. Like when pop is done well, and when there's mm-hmm. actually some thought behind it and things. Definitely. Uh, yeah, de- and there's definitely a few more artists we can do mm. of this ilk, for sure. Some of whom I thought of doing this the research for this I'm episode. Sure. yeah. Um, but um, at the top of this, a couple of announcements to make. So this will go out just before Chris and I put on our first show in quite some time as Grimheart Promotions. We are um, putting on Other Half, Occupants and Older at the Fiddler's Elbow in Camden. On the 24th of February. So yeah, for all tickets and info for that, uh, hit up at Grimheart Promo on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, we can't wait for this. Uh, it's going to be a lovely time. Three cracking bands that we can't wait to see. Mm. Um, come on down. Um, may not be absolutely relevant to you if you're listening to this as a Gaga fan, but... Uh, Why not? If you're a fan of fucking great music... And having fun. And having fun. Come on down. Um, also, our band, My, My Eyes Are Old and Bent, will have just put out our debut single after nearly 10 years of being a band. Literally, the voice note on my phone from the first demo I recorded on guitar for this band was 10 years ago. Fucking hell. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long old pandemic. This song has been ready since before it, so we've been waiting for the right time to release it. And uh, we're really happy with it. We've, um, by the time this episode goes out, um, we'll, we'll have a Bandcamp link ready for you to go on, listen to the track, and we'll have T-shirts up there as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, check it out. We're super chuffed with it. Like um, from a personal perspective, I really like how my voice sounds on it, yeah. and it's got like architects and glass jaw vibes. And lyrically, it was written about a very different thing at the time, but could be 
very relevant to the situation we've been in for yeah. the past my two only, years. My only, my only fear and my only thing I want to emphasize is it's, it's not, not an anti-lockdown it's, song. It's not siding with the anti-lockdowners. Because <laughs> it could very well come across like that. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Um, okay, I mean, I think we've kind of covered why Gaga, but... How have you found this? Yeah, I mean, so to me, this has been good fun. Like, I've been kind of quite an active and then quite a casual Gaga fan yeah. since she's been around, basically. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we'll get into specifics a bit more as we go through certain albums. But, yeah. you know, I was very, very aware of her as soon as she came on the scene. Of I think course, most she people was were. utterly massive, um, yeah. And then uh, was... Sort of an overnight sensation. Yeah, and then I was um, in a relationship with someone for a while who was a massive fan, so I yeah. would kind of probably was more exposed to like Born This Way and that kind of era than maybe I would have been otherwise as well, uh-huh. so I knew that quite well. Um, yeah, so it's more been a revisit. This is one of these ones that's been more of a revisiting to me than, than a discovery, mm. um, but I've really enjoyed like however, what are we, like 12, 14 years on from yep. uh, first coming around now going back and listening to to that kind of era of things as well yeah really, really good fun so i mean this is the first time i've ever listened to any lady gaga full length and i've okay. gone in with five um i don't even remember particularly hearing many singles since maybe the born this way era yeah yeah there's not really been any that have really broken into the other main than playlists other than shallow Yes. That yeah. was the last time she was absolutely massive. And, and I think more for recently, her music anyway. Yeah. And I think more recently and we'll get into kind of maybe why, but I think um Rain on Me from mm-hmm. the most recent was kind of the one that broke through to the main daytime playlists yeah, yeah, more yeah. than anything uh, for a while. Yeah. Mm. And um as ever, we'll um be doing our niche of the better top five at the end. So based um as uh, <laughs> Long-time podcast listeners will know our Niche of the Better Top 5 is vaguely related to the artist in question. So, based off the fact she wore a dress made of meat to an award <laughs> ceremony, um, <laughs> we are doing our top five songs from artists who have worn controversial slash I've kind of reconfigured it to outrageous. Okay, fine. Yeah, because I was going to... Did it was a bit of a struggle to find certain things at first, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to Well, that I mean, you'll see a theme in yes. my top five, okay, where I've tried not to do a certain thing, likewise, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's why it's kind of been reconfigured into, um, yeah, outrageous as well as controversial, yeah. But yeah, let's get into the ranking then. Uh, and our usual shout outs at the end, of course, yes. yes. So um, I think it's my turn to go first. Mm. My- so is it, is it worth just saying before we do our ranking that we've counted? Because it depends. Yes, on, yes, of course. Depending on who you ask and, and kind of when it's thought about and stuff, like the Fame and the Fame Monster, she kind of saw it as two separate releases. Mm-hmm. But it was released officially as a kind of deluxe version of Correct. The so we've so, counted it as one thing. Yes. So obviously the Fame came out in 2009, the, uh, 2008, the yeah. Fame Monster followed on as an EP yeah. the next year. But um, I mean, you probably already know if you're listening to this, the Fame Monster is essential covering mm. 
for Lady Gaga, and we didn't want to consider it as just an EP. Yeah. And I just thought I would, I thought I would mention that because I've done an alternative ranking just out of interest to mm. explain my overall rankings. Yeah. For if we had done them separately, I imagine our thoughts will be, be exactly the yeah. same in that area. Yeah. But my number five, in, uh, including the Fame Monster, as one of her five full lengths, is Art Pop. Snap. Okay. Yeah. My number four is Born This Way. Snap. Ooh. Which I'm surprised about. I thought you might have that higher. And, okay. And it, I'm not going to lie, it kind of pains me that it is mm. second to bottom, because, which is a good sign for her generally. Like, We'll get to it. But yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is The Fame Monster. Okay. Number three for me just is Joanne. Mm-hmm. Which is my number two. My number two is the Fame Monster. Brilliant. So we got to say number one, Chromatica. I I didn't wasn't sure. I so mm-hmm. yeah okay so yeah we really weren't sure where mm-hmm. each other's rankings were going to be for this at all. Mm-hmm. And actually they've lined up pretty neatly, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, so I'll just say so my alter- I don't know about you. Mm. The alternative, if we had counted them separately, yeah, I would have had the Fame as just above Art Pop. I would have had it bottom. And I would have had the fame monster as number one. Fair. So on average, <laughs> that's why it's number two. Fair. <clears throat> yep. I agree with that, actually. So we go first to Art Pop. And um, yeah, an interesting factor just came up about that. So mm-hmm. um, I've got a best part, guess best part and worst part here. Okay. That um, do what you want. The song yeah. featuring R. Kelly Let's get it out of the way. was erased from the album after the allegations came out about him. Like it's not on Spotify anymore. Yeah. Um, it won't be on any re-releases of this album. No. Any physical copies that come out post. Um, the what, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the shit that happened with R. Kelly. But what we just discovered, shuffling Gaga. Before um, uh, before recording, is that she did an alternative version with Christina Aguilera, which is fantastic. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of uh, if it was on this album, would have been one of the best things on here. Like, yeah, like, that's what I was thinking <laughs> as we were listening to it. I said to Ollie, "Oh, it's a shame she didn't put it on the album instead of the R. Kelly version." Because mm-hmm. and the, what I didn't say was because it would probably be my top because mm. uh, it was great. Yeah. But um, linking to that, R. Kelly's been erased from this album, but T.I. hasn't. Oh, is there issues there? I didn't realise. Okay. T.I.'s been accused of some really awful shit. Okay. He's, I mean, he's been in prison multiple times. Mm. Obviously, he's, um, you know, um, he's been sort of incarcerated and paid his debt to society in that way. But there's other allegations that come out subsequently. Okay. Hugely problematic individual. Maybe not to the same extent. Not far off R. Kelly, actually. Right. Thinking about what he's been accused of, him and his wife. Ah, good. Well, that's so. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> less of the problematic men yes. of this record. Let's start celebrating <laughs> what yeah. what what is actually here. Yeah. Um. So I mean, well, it's my bottom. It's our bottom for a reason because it's not very good. No, and I think the big thing is it was when. If you kind of delve into the story of Lady Gaga and her career, it, mm-hmm. it's the point in her career where she was the most directionless and lost, yep. artistically and personally. Definitely. 
and that shows. Yes. Um, for me, I mean, the biggest thing is there are no choruses. Mm. There are no big hooks and big Definitely. choruses, which when you look at the fame, the fame monster born this way, jam-packed with incredible choruses. Sure. Um, so that was the big thing when you've been listening, especially when, like, when I was listening to them all in order, as I usually do, and then you get to this one, you're like, okay, this is... I can see what she's trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I get that there's more interesting things going on, albeit very dated things going on mm -hmm. instrumentally with the heavy dubstep influence. Oh, yes. Yeah. A good two years late. Um, Swine and Donatello, charmless, bland EDM. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad, bad, bad. Yeah. Um, like, but there are, there are things that I like about it. I think, I feel like it's almost, the, it's kind of the most disappointing one as well. Cause I can see what she was trying to go for. And I can see where there's little flashes of it coming through being mm. really cool that, and it doesn't quite reach it. I mean, um, this kind of fits in with uh, the negatives I have about um, Born This Way and that it ca carries on the cluttered production style okay. of that record. Well, yeah, I mean, so to be and, fair... And, and, and like, with, with, with Born This Way, it's cluttered and maximalist and noisy as fuck. Yeah. But at least there's a little bit more going on, whereas this has that style but no substance yes it feels a bit hollow mm. um and i mean that that is i think probably reflected in the fact so my highlight is um so not my best song but my highlight moment is dope okay just because i think it's the first real example we've had of her incredible vocal ability and a real kind of foreshadowing of what joanne would do mm. afterwards mm. Um, it's got Rick Rubin in to produce Dope. Oh, cool. Which, you know, it has that kind of very intimate Adele style mm, mm, delivery mm. and production, um, which which obviously uh, Rick Rubin have, have helped in. Um, so I've got that as like my highlight moment. And and it's interesting that that's called the most stripped back mm. song after yeah, what yeah, you yeah. just said. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll go straight to my best song as well, because it's also related to that, okay. which is the title track. Oh, okay. Because again, it's it's much more simple than, mm. than the rest of the album. And I think actually that is more effective and it works really well. Mm -hmm. um, for my bet, I found it quite hard to choose a best song here. Mm -hmm. Like Venus and Manicure have a lot of stuff going on. I mean, Venus, but, we've got to talk about generally, but they're not that catchy. Then they're not right. The thing about I, th I find so the opening two I found kind of fascinating, and yeah, so Aura and Venus. So Aura, the intro I think is really cool. That acoustic guitar mm. kind of that go gets really interesting as it goes on a bit, um, and her vocal when it first comes in is kind of the pantomime Hollywood diva character that she kind of has throughout the album. Yeah, is quite cool. Um, has throughout the first three albums. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think especially in this one, it kind of is very much exaggerated. Yeah. Um, like Venus, the that chorus is the most ABBA she has ever sounded. Mm. It is an ABBA chorus, mm -hmm. um, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you can't help but enjoy that. Um, I, uh, I mean, I quite <laughs> apparently Venus is about, in her words, sex in the most mythological way. Okay, cool, Gaga. <laughs> uh, and and we need to talk about Gaga's. Uh, uh, 
tendency to go for a, a weird, wacky spoken word moment in her songs. <laughs> and I think Venus is one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> Where she just starts naming planets yeah. and then throwing little bits in between. Highlights being Venus. Aha! Uh, Very and, queen, that. Yes. And Uranus. Don't you know my ass is famous? <laughs> Um, in the end, I've just gone for the most, um, so, so it, it to contradict with what I've got for my worst song here, uh, like Swine makes a claim for the more batshit moments on the last record, yeah, but yeah. fall short, but Gypsy recaptures like the better batshit okay. moments of Born This Way. And it, so, um... I think ultimately, yeah, that's probably my favourite here. But like I say, it's, you know, an okay song in amongst I've quite said, uh, yeah. mediocre. Yeah, exactly. This is it. I've said Gypsies, it's got a massive chorus, which mm. is the one thing I said the album doesn't have a lot of. Um, yeah. But it, it just doesn't quite hit the mark for me. But what I do like, so she's got two, I think two tracks on this one, that being one of them with um, Madion, mm. who's a French producer young French yeah I know, producer. I, know, I know who that is um, yeah and there's a few songs like with albums later on as well that she's done with him that I, I think he you know when you just get certain collaborations that seem to work every yeah. time I think that's mm-hmm. one of them okay um that's where it gets becomes more interesting instrumentally than it can be a lot of time hmm. um and Sw- I mean Swine's interesting because my initial notes listening through to Swine were that it was one of the most fun moments on the album Hmm. Um, but it's the one where she first kind of is blatantly writing about her experience of sexual assault when she was younger from a mm-hmm. producer. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that she's kind of probably masked that in the fun song, sound-wise. Hmm. But it's the first time she's kind of outwardly spoken about it. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, yeah, the story of that is horrific. But uh, and And... Something she's spoken a lot more about a lot more recently as well is living with PTSD as a result of that and how that shaped a lot of... I mean, with things like the meat dress we talked about, mm. there's a lot of stuff of her saying about how that whole kind of over-the-top crazy persona that she did a lot more in the early few years of her career than it was yeah. more a way of her distracting and shielding herself from objectification mm. and, and sexualization. So, I yeah. mean, it's... Yeah, it it kind of it adds a bit of depth, I suppose, to the image that people have of her when you know the reasoning behind it. Sure. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a shame that well, <laughs> mm. a that happened. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and B um, that I only have like sort of light fun stuff left in my notes to talk about. Yeah, yeah, but that's that. what. But, but as an album, that was definitely the point. So the al- the whole point. And the, the concept of, I mean, concept being a big word with Gaga's albums as well. I think she's a pop artist mm. does definitely keep concepts going. But um, yeah, like the whole uh, concept of this was to be kind of lacking in maturity and responsibility and just to be for, like like pop art. Um, hence the whole art pop yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Koons doing the artwork is worth a mention. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, the fact that you, you're saying you've only really got that kind of frivolous kind of things to say about it, it kind of fits with actually what the aim of the album was. So. Sure. Um, yeah, only really um, uh, that the track featuring Ti also has Twister, mm-hmm. one of our faves from our Kanye episodes, which which I think is the best, easily the best bit of that song is Twister's mm-hmm. verse. 
and um, <laughs> um, song here called Mary Jane Holland. <laughs> Did that predict Zendaya and Tom Holland? Because Zendaya is <laughs> MJ in the Spider-Man movies, who is Mary Jane. Obviously, she's Michelle Jones. But yeah. So do, do you know anything about the story behind that one? No. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. Okay. Uh, I think it's worth, yeah looking up if, if you're listening to this I won't say the whole story but basically think what what do what do Mary Jane and Holland have in common weed yeah so when she spent uh, an amount of time in in Amsterdam doing as the Amsterdamians do yeah uh, and basically this song is an endorsement of marijuana because she found it just really helped her to relax and be herself and she would put on she dyed her hair brunette while she was there mm-hmm. when she'd only been known as blonde so she could go out and party hmm. uh, and had a lot of weed and told everyone her name was Mary Jane Holland. Right. And ever since, when she's wanted to go out anonymously, that's the name she uses. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, which I just thought was great. I mean, it's a shame and a deliberate track listing that you got that, and then dope follows straight afterwards, which is mm. then about her addiction to marijuana as a result, where she was right. having twenty to thirty a day to to cause to just to feel numb and to cope with things fucking hell and the whole like the chorus of dope being i i, I need you more than dope like it was the idea of, yeah, it, that yeah. song is meant to be a very personal apology to those around her for like Jesus. i know i was absent for about a year yeah. basically wow um yeah i couldn't believe that when i read that i was like that is <laughs> severe <laughs> but this is why so she's i mean it's been quite pub- publicized that she has addiction issues yeah and has done in the past yeah um, but yeah, I, did, I didn't realise that, 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 that marijuana was, was one of those at that point. Hmm. Anything else? Are you ready to move on to... Um... Only, only uh, going back to Venus, appreciation for the line, Aphrodite lady, seashell bikini, garden panty. Could, okay. if, if anyone can tell me what a garden panty is, I, <laughs> I'm keen to know. Um, like garden hose. Uh, okay, maybe. No. Uh, 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 no. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. I think it's just Gaga being Gaga, to be honest. Sure. Just quite enjoyed. So, <laughs> we move on now to, um, yeah, her second album. Oh, two- didn't we do worst songs? Just realised. Uh, I did Swine. Uh, oh, was your worst? I, I mm. didn't realise that. Okay, Manicure's my worst. Manicure's your worst. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's born, move on. <laughs> born this way, a second record from 2011. Yes, something like that. Yeah. So yes, um, like I like like I said for art pop, I find this album very cluttered. See, that's that's not an issue for me. My my main issue, I mean, I suppose it's kind of related, but like, and it's my low light is that it's, it's too consistently heavy on the techno for my tastes. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty constant with mm. that techno beat um which i'm not a fan of particularly okay. but uh, yeah uh and uh, so i think that's it's, it's almost that samey thing mm. at times yeah um but again like with the concepting i think it the, the whole album the, the, the whole concept is meant to be the nighttime basically yeah 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 overall in terms of the sound and I do think it achieves that really well yeah and, and, and like it's it's such a transition from of uh, from the fame yeah uh, before it became the fame monster like that if you um, like we both said if we, if we were ranking it on its own Chris would have it just above 
art pop and i'd have it below um production there overall is too sparse yes yeah and it's just like and and generic really yeah 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 yeah, for the time definitely um and yeah like this this is a very conscientious step in completely the opposite direction bringing in a more diverse array of influences yeah. like yeah it's quite a it, rock quite a classic rock influence in, yeah and um you got um tracks like shisa which yeah. has industrial vibes yeah yeah there's quite a lot yeah i've made industrials and quite a lot of tracks yeah mm-hmm. and then also very very even i mean she always kind of has been and always is but a very 80s mm. influence on some of them oh i mean the title track rips off "Express yeah. Yourself" by Madonna. Yeah, completely and utterly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the best track on here, but <laughs> see, I've not gone with it as my best in the end. Okay, I've gone. I've gone with the title track as my third. Okay, but my two favourites are, are the bookends of the album, and I think they are perfect for bookending the album. Okay, so what are they? Please remind me. So second is "Edge of Glory." Okay, which. Uh, I've also got as my highlight moment being one of the last things that the big man Clarence from the Street Band recorded on sax. Wonderful. Uh, he's got an amazing sax solo in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the video is brilliant as well. If you've never seen that, it's worth okay. looking up. It's just basically nighttime neon uh, New York alleyways with mm-hmm. Gaga dancing ridiculously and then Clarence just steps out onto one of the stairwells with his saxophone for a while. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, and and the opener, Married the Night, is my best. Fair. See, I've got uh, um, I haven't got either of those in my top three. Do you know what, um, what it is? Is I just think they're the most fun. Like, yeah. I the, the biggest thing I get out of Gaga is fun, and yeah. those ones uh, are some of the closest that make me able feel like I might be able to lose my inhibitions for ten seconds in public <laughs> if they were to play. Um. Um. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I say, I've got Born This Way as my top. Um, yeah, I just think it's a wonderful message yes. um, to be sending out to her LGBTQ fans, to fans of different races, different um, ability levels. Um, yeah, just a really cool song. And like one of, she's got a few moments like this in her career. Like, like it's quite, Bornest Way gets it right, but Bad Kids gets it wrong. Bad Kids is a bit, that's my worst track. How do you do, fellow kids? Yeah, that's my worst track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um, a bit awkward. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, but Born This Way is wonderful. But I've got down as my second and third, Hair and You and I. Hair is interesting. It's not in my top half, I don't so think. So but... I, th- I, I think here, so um, especially coming off the back of listening to this, off the back of the fame, mm. obviously we've got, um, the as with the fame, the top half overloaded with singles yeah, as yeah, yeah. pop albums tend to be. Yeah. So you've got Marilyn and I, Born This Way, Judas, and I think Americano was a single? I think it might have been. Yeah, I'm not sure. But so you've got Hair and Scheisse here, which carries, uh, which um, keeps up the quality levels. Yeah. See, Scheisse for me is the better one. I think that's okay. a great song. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought Hair was a lot of fun and I think you and I, like other than Edge of Glory is the highlight of the second half for me. Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, and you and I is great because it's completely different mm. as well, isn't it? Again, to, to a lot of what else is on here. Especially coming off uh, The Queen, which is virtually the same song as The Edge of Glory. Uh, yeah. And you've got, <laughs> um, 
Brian May making an appearance for you and I with his oh, guitar right. solo. Cool, well. didn't notice that. Um, Would have put it down for me, but <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think love you, Brian, but not as much as you love badgers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I think Highway Unicorn brackets Road to Love is a hilarious title. It is, um, yes, and just so brilliantly over the top. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And knowingly so. And I kind of love it for that. Could have done more with a song called Heavy Metal Lover. Yeah. <laughs> Very disappointed in that. Uh, the verses are quite cool, I think. And, yeah. Uh, but the chorus is just kind of not really my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Judas, Judas is great. Well... It was a good single. Are you not that keen? So, um, what I've got down here is... Um, that's one of the... Most blatant points where you can see she's retreading our ground. I would agree with that. Judas is... Yeah, which I think is probably why it was the second single. Yeah, yeah. Judas is a remake of Bad Romance. I think Americano sounds too similar to Alejandro for my liking. Americano was nearly my worst. I, I just don't get on with that one at all. Mm. Um, I think a government hooker was <laughs> not mentioned, which is great. Fucking batshit. It's brilliant. At like, the end, that like, intro... Like that, that, that's one of the worst parts, how f- utterly deranged... <laughs> Common hooker is <laughs> that the, the, the over the top operatic intro of her just singing her own name. Like, it's great. <laughs> Gaga. This this was definitely the era of her enjoying her own name a bit too much. Yeah. Gavra <laughs> Mantukare. Um, <laughs> but um, I just think, I mean, I've I've made a deliberately kind of tongue in cheek note here for government hooker and Judas. Mm. Uh, Government Hooker is basically like um, ABBA meets Year Zero era Nine Inch Nails. Mm. And Judas is basically... That would be fun. <laughs> yes, wouldn't it? Exactly. Well, there it is. Uh, and Judas is Boney M meeting Downward Spiral era Nine Inch Nails. Fucking hell. I hear no Downward Spiral whatsoever on Judas. Yeah, there fine. is. Listen to the instrumentation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You said yourself there's a lot of industrial going on. <laughs> yeah, but not fucking March of the Pigs, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I just uh, yeah, I think I, I think it would be quite a lot of people's favourite as an album. Mm. And I can see why. Yeah. Like for my for and for both of our personal tastes, I think it makes sense that it's not. But it's I can pro- see why it would be for it's people. It's probably the most outrageous and iconic. Yeah. Gaga has been. Yes, and probably her career peak, mm. really, in terms of popularity. Yes. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's no matter how, the, the diff, it's never boring, right? So, we, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it when we get to it, but the fame, you can get bored at points. God, yeah. Right? This is never boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's, that, it's, it's a step up in, in that sense, as mm. well as others. Mm. And uh, so we finish off this part of the podcast with her fourth record, Joanne. Mm. Um, I'm, can I just start by saying, mm. I'm really pleasantly surprised that you have it higher in your ranking than me. Because mm. I thought this was going to be probably our biggest disagreement with me having it higher than you. And so I'm quite, I'm not even necessarily higher in a ranking, but thinking more of it. So, yeah, I know exactly why you'd think that. Mm. 
because folk, country, and classic rock. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All the things that I've said previously on this podcast, but I don't like that. I don't like, but I think the main strength for this record that from is that from the off, this strips back the clutter production that she suffered from. Yep. Certainly from the last two records, and lets her voice shine. And yeah, and it's exactly my highlight as well is her incredible natural vocal talent being put at the forefront and shown off. And because this was before Star is Born, yeah, uh, which obviously was the moment where most people were like, "Oh, she can really sing." Um, well, no, is it because? Um, well, a also she had done her first album with Tony Bennett, which yeah, but I think which was big. The reason I say that is I think. Um, a Star is Born as a film and Shallow as a song mm. reached a much bigger audience than either the Tony Bennett album or her kind of stripped back performances she'd previously done would mm-hmm. have done. I feel like that was the main that was the main breakthrough to the mainstream audience that made her re- realize she was a good singer. Because mm. um, this album as well wasn't wasn't massive mm. you know it was quite a no. ri- it was a bit was well, a big risk for her yeah, yeah yeah artistically and it kind of you know it didn't do badly but it definitely didn't break the charts the way a lot of what she'd done yeah, before yeah, had, yeah. had done maybe that was coming off of art pop not being that popular as well yeah but um but i think that there must have been contemporaneous because i think the country and folk leanings on this record are influenced by the stuff she is doing mm. for a star is born like the the songs that she sang with 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 Bradley Cooper when he was being the country music star. Yeah, I think well, I think maybe maybe it was this. It was the fact that she'd kind of gone that way with this album that might have stood her in a better stead to get that part, perhaps. Or I don't know. Maybe it was around the same time. No, yeah. no. She... When was the film? When was the film? Was it twenty eighteen? Uh, earlier maybe. than that. Are you sure? Maybe it's twenty sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Uh, tw- oh no, you're right. Twenty eighteen. Okay. And when was the album out? 20... 2016. So, I mean, the, the, really? in terms of being made, there might right. be a bit of crossover. But, yeah. Um, 2016 album, worth mentioning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Uh, I mean, and it, we, and it's worth mentioning as well. I think a big part of what makes this album successful is... And without... I'm not trying, like, trying to put the, the credit at someone else's feet here, but the relationship that she struck up with... Ronson mm. I think as a big part of, like they got on really well and he they, they formed a really close friendship which I think yeah. gave her that safe space to expose herself in this way mm-hmm. um, so you know credit where credit's due with that as well mm-hmm. uh, yeah I just I, I, this I, f- is- I forget from Queen of the Stone Age what your general feelings on Mark Ronson uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Like, mm. I think I think he's a very clever producer. I think he knows how to get the best out of people mm-hmm. um, and to get a modern sound. But I, see, yeah. I mean, interestingly, he's credited the more modern sound of the album to Blood Pop, who she then worked with on Chromatica. A mm-hmm. um, I mean, see, this this album I hadn't really. So Joanne, I bought when it came out, based on the strength of the singles, mm. um, and because I was excited that. Because again, like I said earlier, having having uh, been a, a, with someone who was a big fan during kind of Fame and Born This Way, I'd yeah. seen quite a lot of deeper cuts and performances and things that meant I knew she was a brilliant singer. Yeah, she did a lot of kind of piano versions of songs and things. Mm. 
So as soon as I knew she was doing an album like this, I was quite excited by it. Yeah, and keen for it to do well, and I bought it. And but well, and 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 but and also kind of figures into the what I imagine was a single from here figures into the relationship you're currently in, the duet with Florence and the Machine. Oh, yeah, and it was a wonderful song because um, I know you and Nikki are both big fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of Flozza. Yeah. Um, what again? Which comes onto what I was going to say was that looking into it for this, I hadn't realised how many collaborations from this album. Mm. There's some really cool ones and ones that you wouldn't necessarily know about without okay. looking into it. So in terms of like Tell writing as well. I mean, very quickly, I forgot to mention that the song Born This Way, one of the co-writers on that was uh, the main singer from Junior Senior. Oh, cool. <laughs> which is really cool to know. Amazing. Uh, randomly, I don't know why he yeah. just popped up for that one song, but there we go. Um yeah, so you've got, I mean, you've got loads. So um, the biggest ones that, like, because they, the person they, she wrote them with doesn't necessarily appear on the song. Yeah. Well, first of all, you've got Josh Holm is on a lot of it. Right. He plays guitar in a lot of the tracks. Amazing. Um, and is co-producer for some of them and things. Mm-hmm. And co-writer. Um, but then you've got Dancing in Circles, uh, the most undisguised song about female masturbation. I was going to say, yeah. Um, um, Dancing in Circles is amongst my favourites here. Another wank banger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a wank banger for the rank bank. Um, is, uh, is a collaboration with Beck. Amazing. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. So Beck, Mark Ronson ran into Beck, I think at the airport or something randomly said, and invited As him. As you do. Yeah, and invited him over to the studio because yep. Gaga was there and they wrote this song. <laughs> yep. Um, Just Mark Ronson, Beck and Lady Gaga hanging out. Writing a song about masturbation. Yeah. So, fine. Um, <laughs> Perfect Illusion. This is fine. <laughs> Perfect Illusion, which was one of the big, biggest singles from it. Hmm. Um, and one of the most kind of, I think, that fans of her previous stuff could get on board with easiest mm. uh, was with um, Kevin Parker, AKA Tame Impala. Mm, and, cool. it, and he plays most of the music on that one. When you listen cool. to it, knowing that it's a Tame Impala song Makes with Lady Gaga sense. singing. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm hearing um, it in my head and yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. She's got, uh, so um, I didn't know about this person before, but Hillary Lindsay, She's a Nashville country kind of singer and songwriter. She's written songs for people such as Taylor Swift, Bon Jovi, Shakira, Faith Hill. Mm. It's Um, her evil twin, Duff Lohan. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Sorry. (laughs) Sure, Siri. But yes, co-wrote... AO and Million Reasons. <laughs> mm. And she does the backing vocals on Million Reasons, which I cool. think lift that song quite a lot. Cool. So yeah, maybe yeah, maybe the secret sort of indie rock influence yeah. here is why I like it so much. Yeah, this is it. And like I said, I liked it anyway, but didn't realise all of those collaborations. Mm. As soon as I found those out, it almost made me fall in love with it again, knowing all of that. Brilliant. And kind of made me think of when we did Kanye and talked about the fact and Tyler. Mm. where they've done those big albums with loads of collaborations but not made a song and dance about them being there. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of similar in mm. in that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Shall we go into best songs here? Um, I mean, like, yeah, I've already said that Dancing Circles is probably number two for mm-hmm. me. Best song here, though, is the title track. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. It's, it's proper... So it's not been my favourite in, in the end. It's okay. my second. Um mm. 
it's just it's just a case of a t- I mean you know you know what I'm like with my love of kind of 70s singer songwriter mm-hmm. and folk stuff mm. this could be from then like yeah. it's got that same timeless quality to it yeah um, obviously it's a, it's in tribute to her aunt who the whole yeah. album is named after yeah um yeah and uh, and, yeah. and and a tribute to the sort of music that she loved yeah yeah, yeah, and and it feels. I think that's the secret, and the reason it she pulls it off mm. is it feels genuine, right? And it's. I struggle with this album a little bit at times, which I think is probably why it's only my number three, not my number two. Is that I I do think there's a there's a claim for it being maybe a little too trying, a little too hard for authenticity. Mm. And, I get that. And kind of making a big thing about it being her very personal singer-songwriter album, when actually, mm. if you look at the list of credits for production and songwriting, it's probably the biggest list of all her albums. Mm. It's not just her and a guitar and a piano, sure. as much as they try to market it like it was. Mm. So the cynical part of me is a bit like, hmm, was it a cynical attempt for authenticity? Like, because art pop didn't do very well. and th- Yeah, this isn't her folklore. Yeah. No. By any stretch. It was made out to be, mm. but isn't. Mm. Um, so that's my kind of only... And I hate being like that about it, because actually I do think, in terms of people who are as mainstream and have been as mainstream as, La- as Lady Gaga, she's one of the more authentic yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, I think what... And pulls, she's never, I mean, I suppose I, she's I, never I think, made I think, a I think, of, I think what pulls things. it through... Um, from that cynicism mm. is the charm of this record. Yeah, and, and her talent, it, yeah. like, comes through. Mm. Her actual, just even if she hasn't written everything there completely on her own, yeah, her delivery of it, you, you can't fake Absolutely. some of those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joanne, I think it's proper chills down the spine mm. song Definitely. when the chorus kicks in. Um, won a Grammy for best solo performance as well, which is think is Oh, cool. cool. Um, and interestingly, Harper Simon, Paul Simon and Peggy Harper's son plays guitar on that one. Oh, okay. And uh, John and Yoko Lennon's son is on one of them, doing slide guitar as well. Sean. Yes, that's it. Yeah, Sean Mm -hmm. Lennon. Yeah, Uh, I think it might be actually. No, it's not. That is on. I can't remember. John Wayne. Right. No, No, it's not John Wayne. It's one of the. It's one with slide guitar on it. It's one of the really Mm -hmm. country ones. Speaking of, uh, Sinner's Prayer, co-written with. Tillman, Father John Misty. Mm, yeah, um, I did know that. Yeah, is my worst track. Right. Okay. It's a proper country plodder, <laughs> and I can't abide country plodders. <laughs> Good. Which is a shame because I like Father John Misty. I know he's not yeah. very popular at the moment, um, mm. but, but I, I, I get some, again that seventies singer songwriter thing. I think he he grasps that and 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 evokes that really well. Um, um, so, oh, so is, sorry, is that one that Sean Lennon's on? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of worst here. Um, Come to Mama is a was bit of a, a close call. Pardon? That was a close call for mine. Yeah. yeah. Ham fisted. Why can't we all be friends? Yeah. Moment. Yeah. A bit like Bad Kids from uh, from yeah. uh, Born This Way. As I've said it's primarily about freedom and love. Bloody hippie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's on the hippie bullshit train. <laughs> At long last, he joins me. And um, Grigio Girls near the end feels like a, a bit it's, like filler. Yeah, yeah, agree. And which is which is why well, that's a bonus track. So right. Officially, the song ends with Angel Down. Right. Um, so you've got Grigio Girls and Just Another Day of Bonus Tracks. Okay. Um, so that makes sense. Um, 
what ended up your best actually? A uh, million reasons. Right. Um, I've all, I just I remember the first time I heard that song. Again, part of that whole stripped back authentic side of her that that hadn't been on record that much before this. I yeah. thought it was incredible. Mm. And her, I think. Um, for me personally, I think the chorus of Million Reasons is her best mm. vocal performance to date. Mm. Um, I think Shallow comes close, mm. but I think Million Reasons for me the chorus. And I love again props to um, Mark Ronson. I assume this was his decision. Right at the end of Million Reasons, you've got the outro where she then goes to the really sort of soft singing of the last bit of the chorus and goes kind of high and does a sort of fairly sedate vocal acrobatics over it mm-hmm. but all the production just kind of strips right back for that last 10 seconds so you get a really dry intimate close sound for that last bit which i think mm. is really effective it sounds great cool. awesome okay well um yeah so i mean we'll, we'll we'll kind of close this out with a bit of a one-sided chat um for my worst part here I, I didn't actually realise the timings which we discovered while <laughs> recording this bit um, <laughs> that I thought the country folk leanings were probably influenced by A Star Is Born mm. um, and I just wanted to say um, we've chatted about this beforehand um, Chris has not seen this movie, uh, seen A Star Is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper mm. I have um, a bit of a bum movie um, like she's very good in it yeah um, but uh, there are certain things I don't buy about it. I don't... I mean, obviously, she's had her experiences with emotionally manipulative men that we've covered, but I don't buy that a performer as strong and independent as Gargares mm. will be taken in by this emotionally abusive, manipulative alcoholic. I mean, talking, to, I mean, talking films, we've not mentioned this at all, but um, I mean, if you want to watch a Gaga film from around this time uh, instead. Mm. The the Netflix documentary. Oh, yeah, I've um, heard I can't remember exactly what it's called now. It's, mm. it's, it's Her Height. Okay. It's the title of it. I can't remember what that, what it actually is. Um, but that that was, it's all filmed around the making of Joanne. Mm. Um, and it's brilliant. And okay. really actually, uh, like the album does, I suppose, kind of humanises her mm. uh, in, in a way that's quite charming. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's it's definitely worth a watch we should, if you are we, even remotely a fan. We should also say um, we neither of us have seen this one, but I reckon she's probably in the mix for best actress for House of Gucci. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how that. I've not really heard much about her performance in that. Mm. Um, Apparently, her Italian accent's a bit crap, but she's quite well, good. Overall. I was going to say all I've really heard is Mark Hermode's impressions of Jared Leto <laughs> being awful. <laughs> And getting awards nominations. It's so. a me, Paolo. How could you? <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, I, I, just a side note. I don't have to keep this in. But uh, the, the the film review podcast, Carmen and Mayo, they they played a clip of the actual character Jared Leto plays. Mm. He just, just sounds. He just sounds normal, <laughs> like American. And actually, no, he sounds kind of British. But there's definitely no <laughs> Italian accent. Though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just uh, just a general chat, uh, just general roundup to close off the part on Lady Gaga's acting career. Of course, also we should mention uh, an appearance of teenage Stefani Germanotta in The Sopranos. Yes. A TV series we both know and love. Yeah, and I mean, if we're going there as well, uh, American Horror Story. 
Yeah. She's wonderful in that. Mm. Uh, yeah. Cool. So uh, see you on the other side of the jingle for part two, where we'll be covering the Fae Monster and her most recent record, Chromatica. Our top five, uh, Anisha the Better top five on top five songs by artists who have worn controversial and or outrageous <laughs> outfits. Outrageous. Outrageous. And our usual shout outs at the end. See you in part two, folks. <laughs>